everyone, and welcome to our latest episode of CHRO Quick Talks, where we are interviewing senior HR leaders and board members to discuss some of the latest issues around governance that CHROs are facing today. My name is Belen Gomez. I am the Vice President of Strategic Initiatives at Equilar, and it's my pleasure to introduce today's interviewee. We have Lori Siegel, who is joining us. Lori is the former SVP of Human Resources at Tyco International, a role that she's held for nearly a decade and since then has served on several public, private, nonprofit boards, um, most recently Lumen Technologies and FactSet. So Lori, it's a pleasure to have you here with us. Thank you for sharing your time. Thank you, Bell, and great to be here. Looking forward to our discussion. Fantastic. We have a lot to cover. I know we teed up a lot of great questions for you. So I want to just start at the top, just based on your experience making that transition from CHRO to serving board member, just how have you seen your HR background be an asset in the boardroom discussions on the agenda items, in particular amid the demand, the increasing demand for an HR background on boards today? Sure. Well, you know, I've always believed that the human capital agenda is intrinsically linked to the most important things that boards spend their time on. So if I think about sort of the three critical activities that I think is most important um, for the board's areas of focus, um, number one would be uh, guiding the strategic direction of the company. And Uh, You know, it's always been clear, but is particularly evident today that most risk and strategy execution really lies in the human capital agenda. And, you know, today we hear companies saying, uh, rightly so, do we have the skills to execute? Can we attract the kind of skills that we need? What is it about our culture which enables us to compete in the talent marketplace? Uh, So, you know, that's just one area where strategy is really intrinsically linked to human capital discussion. Um, Second area of focus I think is critical for the board is is risk and and risk assessment and and preparation for um, dealing with those risks. And never has it been more apparent that managing global workforces in times of um, geopolitical activities, different uh, health and economic forces that are in play across the world uh, really uh, can impede a company's ability to uh, produce and deliver uh, products and services to customers. And so really uh, the the workforce planning for the future uh, with risk in mind is, is so very critical for companies, always has been, but certainly more so today. Um, And then thirdly, you know, the third most important and critical area for the board, I believe, is selection, assessment, and um, uh, uh, development of the CEO. Um, So on the selection side, um, you know, Spencer just did a really interesting study, which found that leapfrog CEOs, meaning those that come from below the C-suite, have the greatest track record um, versus those that are coming from, say, a COO or a CFO position. 
Um, and that really puts a lot of um, focus on the talent development processes in companies. Are we really unearthing talent deeper in the organization? Are we developing them? Um, and are we are we taking the years that we often have to prepare for succession to give people the kinds of experiences and opportunities that ready them for these positions? And just with that in mind, you touched on a few of these key points, but as a board member from your board seat, that perspective, what are your expectations of the CHRO? Just think of the few companies where you're serving now or in the past, just how you've seen that change. And just today in board meetings, when thinking about the board agenda, what are those expectations that you're setting in terms of CHRO's ability to speak on some of these issues, whether it's data, compensation, uh, retention, would love to touch on more on, on that front. Yeah, so I think um, I think this is a time when um, we need CHROs to not appear episodically in the boardroom for, you know, let, now is the once a year that we're going to have a conversation about succession, so we'll bring the CHRO in. But for the CHRO to really have a regular presence and um, be uh, a, a contributor to board discussion. And that means that, you know, when conversations are happening and some of the insights and data and reflections that the CEO, the CHRO has with regard to these issues like talent retention and culture and turnover, um, that the CHRO is comfortable speaking up and being a voice in the boardroom, scheduled or unscheduled. Um, I think it is critically important that the CHRO bring transparency to the board. Um, you know, there was a time when boards were very focused on sort of the very, very top of the house. And I think we've realized that, you know, all levels in the organization matter. And, and the board has to care about what's happening in the middle of the organization and what's happening with entry-level talent um, and that doesn't mean that we spend all of our time on those issues, but having access to data on some of these trends, like, for example, representation, like turnover, uh, like employee engagement, um, having those regularly available to board members, um, not presented all the time, um, but in a form that if there are questions or concerns, board members can raise them. Uh, I think is the responsibility of the CHRO and also gives the, the board great level of comfort that uh, the CHRO is, is sort of willing to share. Not all those numbers are going to look good and that's okay, but really a sort of understanding our baseline is so important. Um, I think it is really important that the CHRO demonstrates that they're, they're a talent advocate, that they can spot potential in the organization and that they have a deep commitment to making sure that diverse talent in the organization has the opportunity to develop um, and that potential can be realized wherever it comes from. That's a great segue into the next question, which is um, what we had corresponded about in, in preparation for this interview, the PwC survey that came out in the fall of last year. One of the questions was focused on where the board would allocate more time, would like to spend more time. 
and talent management topped that list. And so I'm, I'm curious, just from your perspective, again, I think you touched on some of these points all, already, but just how do you see that sort of manifest in the boardroom, whether it's on the agenda or just in practice? How do you see that continuing to evolve as, as you put it, scheduled, but also unscheduled contributions on that front? Yes. Well, you know, we we know that about 75% of companies have expanded their compensation committee charters to include human capital. So that's a start because it gives a committee really responsibility for making sure that their charters are amended and that topics like diversity and inclusion and talent pipeline and uh, uh, retention and engagement are regularly on at least the committee's agenda, which I think is quite important. Um, also, nominating governance committees um, very often will have succession planning on their agenda and or in their charter. Um, and they may also, um, in the context of their sort of ESG responsibilities, be looking at things like workforce metrics um, and then, of course, you have the full board, and the full board is both calendarizing these topics, but also raising these topics more or less organically as we discuss topics that I mentioned earlier, as we discuss business strategy, as we discuss uh, risk, as we discuss uh, CEO succession boards are asking more and more questions, wanting to see more data and wanting to spend more time you know, this is all a good thing. It also results in some overlap. And so, you know, I think now as everybody is putting these topics on the agenda, sometimes we cover the same topic in committee and board. And sometimes two committees are sort of converging somewhere with a, some bit of overlap. Um, and I think that's really fine. I think over time, perhaps we will streamline. Um, in my boards, for example, um, you know, when it comes to the S part of ESG, there is clearly overlap between nominee and governance and the formerly uh, titled compensation committee. And that's just fine. We collaborate quite well. Um, sometimes we have joint meetings where we bring the two committees together. Um, and uh, sometimes the committee has to hear a presentation first to committee and then at the board level. That too is fine with me for now. I think it is um, part of the process of bringing these topics more deliberately and systematically to board discussion. So I want to bring in the investor perspective now. We actually just hosted our board leadership forum in New York beginning of April, and we had a panel dedicated to investors sharing their perspective, and in particular around ESG topics and human capital management. And some of the feedback shared was, one, they need more data. They want more data so that they can set benchmarks and, and really compare across companies and, and industry and just this higher demand from outside the company, from the investors on human capital management, data talent management, um, as they see that as a potential risk to the ongoing sort of long-term performance of the company, right? So I'm curious to get your perspective, what you've seen and how CHROs can best prepare, how can they navigate that in support of their executive team, the board in those particular conversations and engaging with investors on those topics? Yeah. So, you know, I was at a um, an investor day recently for a company 
And the CHRO presented for as long as any PL owner. Um, and there was ma- as many questions directed to the CHRO as any other presenter. And to me, that is just a wonderful thing because when I was a practicing CHRO, um, you know, it it seemed that, you know, nobody looked beyond the financials to value a company and to assess its future. And today, um, where the investment community really understands that human capital is uh, has has a very important impact on the value of companies and their trajectory going forward, um, is a, is a wonderful moment. And you know, I think that um, it's a moment that we should be seizing and making every effort to tell our very very best stories about how we address the human capital sort of agenda and how we uh, contribute to the growth and profitability and sustainability of our company's futures by taking this agenda very seriously. Um, We're also in a wonderful moment where the SEC has not really given much direction on what workforce metrics should look like. And I think this is an opportunity for companies to be transparent and tell their, their, their best story. And we, when we are in a world where there is more of a mandate on what every company should report, and therefore there's more comp, uh, comparability or comparisons being made, um, I think we may lose something because these, these, Strategies are unique to companies, and in some cases, it's hard to compare, even within an industry, company A versus company B. And so um, I think if we take this very seriously, if we are very transparent and really make an effort to tell our company's full story, um, that there may be a recognition that having you know this be very tightly formatted, um, may not be as important as as letting companies sort of true selves and true commitments show through this process. So um, I think this is really, uh, you know, a seize the moment time. Um, you know, it seems now I, I do um, as a as a chair of of two um, HR and comp committees, I participate in shareholder outreach. Three years ago, all the questions were about compensation. Um, Today, it seems that the shift um, is many aspects of workforce management, particularly uh, DNI, and I would say particularly within the DNI sort of um, sphere representation. Um, I will tell you that you know the companies I'm in the boards on, we are not satisfied with our data. We are not proud of where we are today. Um, but I think that we, you know. We offer that transparency, not only to our shareholders, but our employees, because they very much want to know where we stand. Uh, once we do that, we, we put a stake in the ground and we really commit to improvement and to progress. I want to key it on the seize the moment statement that you said. Um, and just to, to close our, our Quick Talks interview today, just a final piece of advice uh, tips that you would share with the modern CHRO? Yeah, so, you know, it is a, you know, a, a step up time um, for them. And I think those that don't um, 
will, um, you know, will disappoint, uh, will disappoint their boards. And so, you know, the, the, but there's, there's a lot of talent out there. I mean, I work um, with many sitting CHROs and there's really an, a lot of talent that is exists about serve um, in a CHRO capacity to support their boards and to be an important pipeline for serving as board members going forward. So I'm really delighted with the trend to see more boards seeking human capital experts on their boards. Um, but I think it's, you know, be, um, be visible, be accessible, um, provide data, provide transparency, um, recognize that having your role as a schedule presenter um, is, is very important and take that quite seriously, but go beyond that um, and um, participate as needed and offer insights to the board that they might not be asking for, but that you know are, are relevant and important. And, and that means being willing to, you know, speak up when, you know, a question isn't necessarily directed to you. Um, you can't do that every five minutes, but um, doing that at appropriate times, I think really um, is very much appreciated by the board because they don't always know what questions to ask. Um, and so, you know, this is, this is a really um, wonderful time um, for the, the HR leaders out there that are shaping so much about work and and about society, in fact, and I think they they recognize the importance of the moment, and um, you know really craft your messages, understand what data is really important in order to be able to track uh, what's happening in your company and where progress is being made. Um, be willing to tell your story, um, certainly to your board. Um, but also to your employees and your shareholders in a very transparent way. Thank you, Lori. We're going to leave it there today. We appreciate your time. Thank you for being with us. My pleasure. I very much enjoyed it. An important topic. Thank you, Lori. And to our listeners, thank you for joining. Please make sure you're subscribed to our CHO Navigator newsletter for all the latest episodes of CHO Quick Talk. Thank you so much. 